0: Hey everybody, my name is Alex, this is Lunchbox Radio, and I am sorry I skipped out on you guys for a Sunday. Um, I was, like, beyond ill. I am on the upswing now, which is good. Um, shout out to my friend Rowan, who is on the upswing from COVID. I did not have COVID. Believe me, I checked. Um, uh, <laughs> but in any event, um, sorry about that, um... I'm the next Sunday edition will probably be what I wanted this one to be. I might actually bump that up to this Sunday and do two Sunday editions in a row, like two weeks in a row of Sunday editions, because I do want to talk about Cartoon Network shutting down because it's fucked up and I I I have some real thoughts about it. So I will save that for the um for this upcoming Sunday. And on that note, um I want to dive into what we're doing this week, which is a little show called Pharmacy from Another World.
1: we
0: Now, let me start this off by correcting myself and saying it's called, the show is called Parallel World Pharmacy, not Pharmacy from Another World, although that sounds right because Isekai naming conventions. But in the spirit of this show, I wanted to start off with what was the correct pronunciation of it. I'm sorry if I screw it up in the future of talking about it, but it's... I don't usually talk about a whole lot of isekai, not because I don't watch them. I watch. I don't watch zero isekai, but I don't. I'm not somebody who's like checking every isekai genre show out and hoping it's gonna be the one for me, because most of them just won't be. I usually like them from like an academic standpoint and from like a like, crunchy learning standpoint, if that makes any sense. For example, I um, really love Jobless Reincarnation because it is the, like, prototypical isekai. It is the thing from which all the isekai anime that we watch are kind of... find their roots. And in that way, it's interesting, but it's also interesting because it was the first one. It didn't have quite so many... It was the first... It certainly wasn't the first isekai anime. I mean, the first isekai anime farther back than that, but it was the first one to kind of have the form that we associate with something like ReZero or with something like Shield Hero or something like that. Um, but because it was the first one to have that, to, like, take that form, it really... ...goes out of its way to fully explore it... ...and it's really not concerned with telling... ...it's not so much concerned with telling a... ...story of, like... um, ...self-fulfillment... ...it's more concerned with telling a story of... um, ...of, like, personal growth of the main character... ...of the main character in that show. It's really concerned with telling... The original person Rudy was, was telling the story of his personal growth. Which is a really important thing that I think a lot of these isekai shows miss. And this is why I want to dive into um, Parallel World Pharmacy. Because Parallel World Pharmacy is dealing with something that these isekai shows, and even these, like, fantasy shows, like, um... Like, of that fantasy show about apartment hunting, about adorable monster apartment hunting, or like, home with that that dragon up that dragon house hunting show. Parallel for World Pharmacy does something kind of in that vein, but a but a lot different. So we start out with we start off with our main character. I forget the main character's name. Let me see if I can't um, pause this and pull it up. Because I really want to, I, I want to get the names on here pretty solid before we start diving into the content, cause, because it's important. So our main character's name is um, Kanji Yakutani or Yakutani Kanji, but Kanji isn't going to be the person we um, we talk to, we, we talk about the most here. That's probably going to be the person he's reborn into, the body he's reborn into, which is the body of a young boy named Pharma. Or they just call him Pharma in um, this, in the dub, which I watched because, and I specifically watched the dub and I encourage you to too, because this is going to be some heavy textbook learning style reading on the subtitle side, because it's going to be a lot of pharmacology. It's going to be a lot of science. It's going to be a lot of like, The Study of Diseases and Medical Shit. Which, it's just easier to hear those words instead of read the, like, 900 syllables. Um, But, on that note, so I did watch the dub. I usually watch dub because I like like hearing it instead of having to read it, if that makes any sense. Um, But, on that
1: note,
0: he essentially works himself to death because he is a pharmacologist he's not the kind of pharma. he's not the kind of pharmacist. he's not the pharma kind of pharmacist that you would encounter in a pharmacy he's researching drugs at a um, pharmaceutical company which means that he is researching drugs that would go on pharmacy compounds that go on and become drugs that may one day save people I I am from New Jersey the pharmaceutical capital of the United States. We are where Big Pharma comes to take over. <laughs> um, every pharmacy company you can name is kind of incorporate. It's kind of has a giant corporate center here somewhere. It's insane. But also, I have spent a lot of time in in the medical world, and the reason for that is I am a childhood brain cancer survivor. Um, I've told this, I've alluded to this or told this story before on the podcast, um, but I was essentially born with brain cancer. It was discovered at 15 weeks and that's enough time, enough time where they're like, oh, this kid had this when he was born. Um, and I then got surgeries, operations, the whole nine. I am physically disabled as a result of going two rounds in the ring with brain cancer because it was removed once and came back once and removed again and then never came back again, thank God. Um, but, so I have a lot of experience in the medical world with medication, with taking medications. I'm currently taking medications for blood pressure that could be described as how are you not dead? We can't let you leave the building like this. Um, which is a result, which is direct result of a different medication set called chemotherapy. If you've ever met somebody who's taking chemo, they're probably real fucked up on the inside, because it's not that no one knows what, what's in chemo. It's that what's in chemo is fucked up enough to kill human beings, to kill parts of human beings, which is why it is used in targeted ways instead of like just. You just take a bath in it or some bullshit. (laughs) But what I'm trying to say is I have the lived experience to kind of of, have experienced people in the way that um, kanji, soon to be pharma, will experience most of the characters in Pharmacy from Another World. So, basically, Kanji works himself to death. Like, that is the first scene of the show, and it's just, it's a really sad, fucked up, but really well done, like, commonplace scene of, like, he goes to sleep and he never wakes up again. At least on his side of, like, in, in his world. He, he does wake up in this fantasy world where he is now de- with, with the youngest son of um, Bruno de' Medici's Pharma de', de Medici's, or Pharma de' Medici's. and Bruno is a is a royal pharmaceutist and his son, Pharma was recently struck by lightning and Kanji come, comes awake in this little boy and it's like, What the fuck is happening? And he's gotta like he's gotta piece stuff together pretty quickly. And he does an okay job of hiding it. Like he does a he does a not necessarily super great job of hiding it, but he does an okay job of hiding it. Until his teacher notices, Hey, there's a lot weird about you that there wasn't because he is part of a family of pharmacists who's learning who training to become a pharmacist when he grows up. And he learns he has several powers. He has, ultimately, he has the power to make anything that he can know the chemical makeup of. He also has the ability to hold his hand over his eye in a very chuny bio way, of course, and look at people and diagnose them, almost like he has, like, an X-ray in one of his eyes. Or in his eyes, rather. And through this, and the rest of the show, and throughout the show, he uses these powers to create medications that did not exist in this world. Because this world is a combination of a fantasy world and of like an old timely Victorian English slash French like kingdom kind of world. And sorry if I'm a little snotty, I'm still not totally better, but you know. He, ultimately, what happens in in the plot of the show is that he finds himself in front of the queen and the queen is, after his father is like, you're clearly not my son. But that definitely my son's body. So you might be my son with some sort of enlightenment thing going on, so I'm just gonna go with the flow here. Because worst case scenario, you're not my son, but I'll get him back when you're done. Best case scenario, you are my son, and you are your eyes are all the way open in a way that I've never <laughs> fucking achieved, and I should be very proud. And you see Pharma... Recognize that um the Queen is not dying mysteriously, and everything that people are doing is like, is helping, and they're guessing correctly. And this is a really important thing that I want to say about this show, because this show could have very easily gone a totally different direction. It could have been, look at these country hicks, they all suck. None of them have any idea what's going on, and I must save everybody. It could have been that power fantasy. It very easily could have been that power fantasy. A worse version of this show is just that power fantasy. And that would have been fine. (laughs) That's kind of what I thought I was showing up for. But what this show actually does is it shows that even though Bruno's like, oh no, it's the white death, he knows what it is. He, He knows what he's dealing with. He just like... They don't have the necessary knowledge and mechanical understanding of how disease works to get to that next thing, to get to medication fixes, not healing potions. And also, there's this very understandable moment in the show where magic is a component. Healing potions exist. So why wouldn't they be useful for everything? And pharma in who from now I'm going to refer to as Pharma, who is Kanji, is bringing medical knowledge from the 21st century. He's bringing medical knowledge from our universe, from our universe into theirs. And with the ability to diagnose people with his magic eye and the ability to create anything he can make the chemical, he can know the chemical composition of, he has the ability to bring the drugs of now into then, too. But every single time, he doesn't, he doesn't just fix it. He makes sure to explain it to people, and he makes sure to explain it to people in a way they can understand. And he never insults anybody's intelligence. He's just like, I, I know you think, think this is this, but it's not. Here's why. Here's the proof. And here's how you deal with it. And I want to be clear here. These shows often function on an idea that everybody in the surrounding world has a like a good heart and is good at is like good natured and there's no way to veer them off that path. Very few shows, very very few shows isekai or otherwise do things like um do things like say um log horizon does where it functions under people are manipulatable people have their own reasons for wanting to believe something people sway this way or the other way based on past experiences and all of this other stuff most shows function under the concept of something like like pharmacy, like parallel world pharmacy. They function under the idea that the the baseline of, of trustworthiness that people are inherently trusting, not that people, and that people are looking to trust someone, not that people are necessarily shaped by outside influences. That and they, they see people as kind of a mass it's kind of a mass. Um, what's the best word for it? It's ca- kind of a mass storyline component instead of individuals. One of the best things about um, Log Horizon is through reuse of background character design through, like, through through pretty careful thought they start using their all the background characters all the characters all the unnamed characters in the show as kind of more in a more complex way than they would in something like um in something like this show but what this show really wants you to understand is that pharma simply because he's a time traveling super magician, is not assuming that he's better than anyone here. He's not assuming that he is even all that much smarter than anyone here. He the only thing he understands and knows is that he has had the benefit of more time passing before he showed up to the to the table to understand to understand things That were, that at the point he he started studying pharmacology were basic, understood, figured out things like the plague, like tuberculosis, like all these little things that people forget. Like, you can treat the plague, but you can't treat it when it first shows up. And one of the really Impressive thing is that this show came out and had that conversation, and had the conversation of like, okay, here's how you would treat this if you were alive when it happened, when it happened, and you had this knowledge. It's very similar to the way nobody knew what the fuck to do with COVID for a long time, for an excruciating amount of time. So many people died in COVID because we didn't know what we were dealing with, really. And we had to learn as we went and we made wrong choices and we made wrong turns. What Pharma is doing isn't really being smarter than anybody here. He's simply taking out the guesswork. He, he knows the solution. or He knows the answer to the problem that's, that's showing up when it shows up. He's not figuring it out along the way. He's not making intuitions, but the thing that he's constantly impressed by is that people like his father character, Bruno, and other characters along the way do have intuitions that make a lot of sense that are like, oh, he, fi- he figured out what this is. He just doesn't have the puzzle pieces to solve for how to treat it. And that's a really, like I said, that's a really interesting thing for this show to do because it's not doing this thing where it's like, hey, dumb dumb, let me fix this. It's really not. And this show even goes out of its way to put a character who, by their nature, is a lab rat, it is it's someone who... Through the death of a family member, got into pharmaceutical research, got into pharmacology because he wanted to stop other people from dying. But because of the way the world of pharmaceutical research works, he was so far away from that in reality. He was so far away from treating patients. He was so far away from being in front of people who, like, mattered. Who kind of understood what he was really working on aside from him, and... It... So, I want to pause here. I want to talk about, like, real-world pharmaceutical bullshit for a second. I worked for a pharmaceutical ad agency for a good couple of years, actually, on off and on. And my... Um, my creative director, um, shout out to Juan, who will probably never hear this, but Juan, you rock. You will always rock. Thank you for all the praises of me you've ever sung in your life, which are entirely too many. But, something that Juan kind of did for me while I was working there, because I was a freelancer, and because I was really good at what I was doing for them, and because Juan just straight up liked me. <laughs> If he kind of did his best to keep me off of the shaky side of pharmaceutical nonsense. Like, he would, like, not give me certain things. Like, he would be like, Alex, I'm just not going to give you anything related to this drug because it's a piece of shit. Like, it, it's another drug to... It's, it's a thing to compete with another thing and it sucks. Because pharmaceuticals suck sometimes. Here, do this instead. It's more boring, but I don't want you to have to, like, stick your hands in this nightmare. And so what I largely got to work on was stuff that was genuinely aimed at, like, making actual patients' lives better. Like, I worked on a... That, like, so... Put the NDA at the bottom of this PDF 90 times. Like, stuff like that. Like, I worked on a, um... On a campaign to help representatives understand how they could help patients afford their drugs, um, for AstraZeneca, I worked on a new kidney cancer treatment drug like awareness campaign, and a bunch of and a bunch of other stuff. While I was there, but and also a lot. I can't stress this enough. A lot of putting legal ease where it needs to go in iPad apps. It's just so much legal ease. Oh my god but the long and short of it is, is that so much of what pharmaceutical companies do it's just stuff that makes them money because the the money is so, because in the medical field the money's right there you just need to get to it if that makes any weird creepy sense like you're dealing with people's lives and their, and their and their, better, and their betterment and their health there's no amount of money that's too much money. Especially when it's subsidized by the government as well. So you can get kind of... deeply and frustratingly separated from... helping an actual person... pretty quickly. Especially if you're not careful and aware... of what industry you're working in. Um, and that can really suck. And if you kind of look at what Kanji was doing before he died, before he worked himself into an early grave, when he was like 27, you see that's kind of where he's going. That's kind of what... The path he was on was he was a brilliant young researcher, researching really vital things, and it was only a matter of time until he found himself researching how Blood Boys help fucking Elon Musk or some bullshit. Or Blood Boys help um, Jeff Bezos or whatever. Because that is where the money is. And that's where... And what everybody will tell you in tons of industries is like... And I've said this to people before. And fully and meant It's like... This is how you make the money to achieve your dreams. I didn't say that so much. I said to a friend of mine who, was, who had just graduated from college and, and had a degree in programming, he had two job offers on the table. And he said to me, he's like, I have an offer from a bank to go do security work, and I have an offer from a nonprofit. And I said, which, which way are you leaning on? Kind of knowing which way he was leaning. He was like, I really want to go work for the nonprofit. I'm going to make less. I'm like, "Ah ah 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 uh, 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 uh. This is your first job. Go work for the bank. And the reason I told him that was not to get him stuck working for a bank. I said, "Go make the boku money for your first job. Who knows how long it will last? It could last five five months. It could last five years. He ended up breaking his arm like a year and a half later, and he was just like, "Alex. Thank you so much for telling me to go take that job. No one else told me to go take that job. I took your advice. And now I can, like, afford my life still because I made enough money to be out of work if I needed to. And now he does charity work. and But he got there because he made enough money at birth to do it. And that is a very real thing. But the thing you've got to be careful of is that artifice isn't built up around you to keep you in that thing you didn't want to do that you were just doing for the money at first. And if you're not careful, that happens and you end up like our friend Kenji. Or Kanji. And so now Kanji's dead, and he's after he's successfully treated the um, queen's um, the queen's white death of what they call the um, tuberculosis, I think it is. Yeah, to, actually, he successfully treated treated the queen tuberculosis. The queen is like, oh fuck, this kid rule and all the other pharmacists in the in the country, in the country that this character's in, are like, oh, fuck, this kid rules. She makes him a royal pharmaceutist and th- and asks him, like, is there anything that he fucking wants? And he's like, I'd like to run a pharmacy because that was his original goal when he was alive as Kanzi was to run a pharmacy and to help real people. And so they establish one. And then they start doing something really interesting. They start making the sh- they start having conversations about how do you make medicine affordable and available and approachable? How do you provide quality med- medicine at scale to people everywhere? How do you. They start having these conversations. And this is where I think it's useful that the show takes the very basic. Approach to the masses instead of a more granular approach, like something from, like something of, um, uh, what's it called? Um, Log Horizons ilk. It takes a very basic approach because it doesn't, it wants to make a case for very cheap, affordable, aware medicine. And it has, it, it also wants to make the case for like, more sustainably produced and health-oriented produced cosmetics. It wants to have the conversation about like, what if the water was properly <laughs> not contaminated? Like, it wants to have all these conversations about all of the all of the like, not not like big land you in the hospital forever medicine, but like. All the daily stuff like this like like cough drops and like blood pressure medication and like the the little ticks that you get as, that you get as you age and sometimes when you're first born that are constantly many times feel like they're just a little bit too expensive. like I I am continuously stunned, continuously, continuously stunned. That my blood pressure medication does not fucking cost, a th- cost me a thing. That's how cheap it is. Is that my healthcare provider is like, this is like a couple cents. This is like two cents a pill. Fuck off. We'll just pay it. It's fine. But the but like if I if I had something else wrong with me, God knows that medication would cost something. Oh, boy, yes. And that crapshoot is really being mitigated, like Pharma makes sure that like he makes enough to pay the people who work for him. He makes he makes enough not to make a profit and but he makes enough to Um to to run for the shop to run, but not enough to where like he's making any money here, and, what, and the, one of the reasons he can do that, and the show points this out, is that he's the father of a of a wealthy duke of the of the kingdom, of a very wealthy, well-off family. And one thing I will say, this show seems like it's stepping on its toes to remove those obstacles, but then it also adds in obstacles like. There's a rival, rival pharmaceutical guild that he has to deal with. He has to work around and eventually collapses under the weight of just like they're not carrying the best medications because the best medications are from Parallel World Pharmacy and Parallel World Pharmacy will freely distribute to anyone who asks. But the, those pharmaceuticals, the, the head of that guild, he is just... His pride Gets in his way. And ultimately he dies because... He doesn't have the treatment for the plague When it comes and gets him and his fucking family. And he's... And like... That's the only real... Moment at which... The show is like... You dumb asshole. And punishes him for it. And all too often... There's this treatment of, and I'm guilty of it. Anybody who's like, anybody who's on either coast is kind of guilty of this in a way. Is we all kind of look down our noses at people who don't have access to what we have access to, not even just in the medical world, like in the culture world, in food, in all this stuff. And we forget that, like, we were just lucky enough to be born here. We were just lucky enough to be born where we were at the time we were. A Relatively, compared to the whole span of the universe, relatively like an inch here or an inch there, we could have been born in a totally different scenario and it could have been totally fucked up for us too. I could have been born in fucking Alabama with all the same problems I was born with to begin with and I could have died. Or I could have lived to the ripe old age of 13 and died. There's no helping that. There's no changing that. I had a, I've probably told this story on the podcast before, but I had a girlfriend when I, I know, shocker, um, when I graduated college. And we went out for probably a a fair, fair amount of time after college, like, I think two years, maybe two or three years after college, ended. And if she's listening, she she knows this story. She had severe asthma, and we were always kind of confused as to why she had severe asthma and she had such a hard time with it. But like other people who had severe asthma, who like we knew, did not. Like um uh another another um, young woman we knew in college did just didn't. A guy I was friends with in college. just didn't have those problems. But, like, we were happy and happy together and blah, 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 blah. She was visiting for, like, New Year's Eve, I think it was. And she had a, like, a violent asthma attack with no, and there were no rescue inhalers, inhaling, nothing. We had to go to the ER. And I've told you that I'm, and and doctors look at me, any doctor will look at me and be like, oh, this kid has experience, this kid has been around the block. Like, he don't play. He he knows what it is. I've never had a doctor. I'm sure this breaks some sort of, um... Some sort of oath, like the, the one where you're not supposed to share patient information. <laughs> but he would just... So... Deeply dumbfounded by it, and like he figured, like ah, oh, this guy came in with her. he's clearly his boy. she's clearly his girlfriend. She's very afraid. He definitely know he would definitely know what he's looking at if I told him what it was. It'll be fine. And he like waved me over to look at the chart, and he's like, "Your girlfriend's not on steroids. The standard treatment for asthma." That's why her asthma is so fucking bad. She's never gotten like the proper treatment for asthma that everyone agrees on. And I I have never said this to someone before or since. I looked direct, directly at her and the um and now she's really gonna know who she is. And people who know her are gonna know she who she is, so I'm sorry. But um She, I said, girl, you need to get a new doctor. Your doctor's a hick and he sucks. And she looked at me and she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, even I'm a dumbass and I know the steroids are part of the deal for treating fucking asthma. They're not on your chart. This is basically malpractice. And in Pharmacy to Another World, ph- Pharmacy in Another World, or Parallel World Pharmacy, rather, sorry, trying to get it right, it, the only character. Who strikes you as that? The, there's only two times characters strike you as being that evil in that way, and the first time is the opposing the opposing guild, the the head of the opposing guild, who his pride just can't let him let it go and understand that like this kid's all right. He seems like he's doing the right thing for the world, and it would behoove me to get on fucking board. And then there's a moment where in the show where the church shows up. And this show once again could be like of the church in here, they're all dumbasses. And it comes so close to doing that until like the show through its like power system makes it very clear to them that like, no guys, you guys are fucking morons. And then there's, like, the hilarious moment of, like, the church is now no longer convinced that Pharma is a demon. They're convinced that he's a god who is, that he is God on Earth. Or he's a a product of God on Earth. And they treat him as such. And Pharma just kind of, like, accepts their gifts and shit, but doesn't really know what to do with it. But also is, like, if this helps me, I guess it's a good thing. But also remind me, never to read any religious text in this point- pu- in this fucking world because it seems real weird and fucked up and theres a there's a little bit of like like atheist magic scientist all all, all powerful awesomeness there, but it's not but once again, the show is very careful not to take its supporting characters and just push them aside and say, these big fucking dumbasses, they don't know what they're talking about. It it has already established this magic in this show's world, which means that there is some thing other than just science happening here. They And there are, they set up pretty clear magic rules that are, like, very that are very specific and um it's just it and the other the, the last thing i want to say here is that it it does a really good job of keeping it up of keeping the pace up of keeping the excitement up of keeping it of keeping the like elevated level at where it is and bringing it down when it wants to it, it does, and that can be really challenging, especially with something that doesn't feel quite as breakneck pace as, an, as a proper action show does. And there are, they do have action scenes in the show, but they're really far and few between. Most of it is talking about treating diseases, talking about treating infectious diseases, talking about dealing with, like, how that works. And the reason why I brought up, um, the reason why I probably brought up, um, Log Horizon is because in the way that Log Horizon depicts lots of its, lots of the challenges that Shiro and, um, the Log Horizon Guild face in that show, as not bullets from a gun, but creeping danger... Is the way that this show, with, with moments where there's a flashpoint and all of a sudden, there's blood on the floor, shit got real, nobody's dead but a whole lot of people hurt. This show does that really well. It, it, it shows you a problem that has existed and is continuing to exist, and then it takes steps to, and then the plot takes steps to deal with it, and then moves on to the next problem. And then it kind of all culminates with the with the storyline about the plague. And that that becomes about securing the securing your borders from a disease and doing border inspections and putting up with border inspections at a port at a at a mainline port and what that looks like and what that does to trade and what that does to the people who are being inspected. And it does a really good job at just, like, showing all that tension, manipulating it, and even at the... Towards the... In the middle of it, being like, oh, those guys... Those guys didn't... Didn't... They didn't fucking listen. Didn't fucking listen. We would let them... They have a moment in the, um... Plague arc, the last arc of the show, where this old man where where it's revealed that this old man, um, Gene Allen, who's this old man who always comes into Pharma's, um, who always comes into Pharma's pharmacy, and he, like, loves the water there. He always gets, like, a paper cup, gets himself water, like, shafts Pharma, and then, like, leaves. Turns out he's in charge of the Royal Navy. (laughs) And... So he's been given orders to like just kind of cruise up and down the coast of the country and like catch any straggler boats or boats who have peeled off from the main harbor and decide to go dock at a fishing town somewhere to catch them before they get to the fishing town because they're clearly trying to cut the line. They're clearly trying to like not get inspected and not waste all that time when it's important they do because that's what will keep everybody safe including those people on the boat because they'll then get treatment and hopefully live he encounters a boat that tried to break off and was infected with plague rats and he immediately is like oh fuck these guys are screwed none of them will live they will all have plague, and they will all die, and spread plague if they make it to shore. And later on in the, like, plot of that arc, that does happen, and they do deal with that, they do contain it, and deal with it. as kind of like the finale of the show. But then, they. But in that moment, he says, like, if they if they had followed the rules, if they had followed our the rules we set for, they would still be alive and they would still, they'd be on their way home already. And they'd be healthier for it. They didn't. This is the reality of what that boat is. The least we can do for the people who are grasping to life on there is to send it out entirely and completely, is to sink that ship so not even a plank drifts ashore. And they straight up do that. Like, he, like, pulls his hat down, cries a whole lot, and they fire all of their cannons on this boat, on this ghost ship, essentially, and sink it to the bottom of the ocean. And that's the closest this show comes to, like, making real edgelord, like, damn the consequences, I'm the smarter one thing. They, they, that's the only time they set it up as like, what you gonna do? It's medieval times. It had to be done. It, and it doesn't revel in that. It instead is like, we don't know these people. We don't know who they are. the 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 person who's to blame for this is the captain of that ship. He is definitely dead already. The people who who are dying, the least we can do is put them out of their misery. Put them out of their misery as fast as possible. So let's do that. And it has this kind of like end of life kindness. That is always going to be controversial, and that's kind of the point of that moment in that at the end of that episode. Is there will always be like moments around difficult things like infectious, deadly, like deadly infectious diseases like COVID, where you gotta make some hard choices. I mean, look at what we did in COVID, we ended up bringing on. A a medical harbor, a medical ship was parked in the bay of New York City. We had refrigerated trucks parked outside so we could put more bodies in. It got gruesome because it was always going to get gruesome. It's the cost of not knowing perfectly what you're doing and not having perfect control. It's the reason that countries opened and closed like barn doors for a long time. I'm not including Japan in that. Japan is it had had its own bullshit thing and xenophobia and all that bullshit. But whatever. Um they're open now from what I understand. But it was really refreshing to see one of these shows that was like okay that like sat down and was like okay we're going to deal with the medical profession in some way, shape, or form now. And we're going to have to do that with a kind of, with a little bit more of a deft hand than we normally would. We can't go around calling every single, you know, person outside of the main character Mm. an idiot. We can't, like, they set up very clear rules of what they would allow in their quote-unquote power fantasy. And the reason they were probably capable of doing that was because whose power fantasy it is, is it to be a master pharmaceutist? Not a whole lot of people. And this is true of the, I think, of jobless reincarnation. Which I don't know when it's coming back, but I know it's coming back eventually um, as well. Jobless Reincarnation does something really clever in that it tortures its main character so hard that you would never want that fucking power fantasy. If you wanted that fantasy, if you wanted that life, you'd be fucking insane. It's not like so many of the other power fantasy characters in the, in the vein of someone like Kirito. The um Rudy from Job from Jobless Reincarnation goes through hell. Just as he is starting to get a grasp on his life at home, he's sent to another kingdom to train some random fucking wild animal of a child of a girl. And just as he is figuring that out, the world erupts, and he is ripped from one from that place. To an entirely different continent. And just as he's figuring that out, something else happens to him that changes the world again. It, it, that story is of a character who had a terrible life. Who is now getting his, managing to get his shit together as the rug is repeatedly ripped out from under him constantly. Versus something like Shield Hero, where they give him an initial, like, trial of sorts. But after that, he just kind of like, big dick Jesus with a shield. <laughs> Rolling over fools constantly. And if you were me, if you were me, and if, if you asked me which... Power fantasy. I would be more willing to accept. It would be shield hero every time. You mean I get animal ladies, animal lady slave girls, and fucking awesome superpowers? Sure. I don't have to worry about fucking. It's just some piece of shit dude fucking with me just because he's kind of a dick. Um, which is which is a lot of what happens to poor Rudy in um jobless reincarnation like the bad guy spoiler alert he's just kind of an asshole um and this show takes more from like the jobless reincarnation camp of like who would want the, who would want this power fantasy like who would want to be a pharmaceutist Answer, not most people, especially not most teenagers, especially not most middle schoolers. So, and the ones who did should probably learn to be kinder to people and to respect people regardless of, not intelligence, because I want to be really clear. Most people mistake. Most people believe that being smart is being intelligent. But... I've always seen people really smart and not necessarily always being really intelligent if that makes any sense and what I mean is this if people really smart have and you even see this in kanji through what once he becomes pharma they have a working not they don't have a working knowledge of the things they know in their head they know them but they don't actually know if they'll work. They don't actually know if, they, if those things actually... If, like, one plus one equals two, or one plus one equals two, but two is on fire. <laughs> they only know what they know, and they don't know what the, like, what the ramifications are and all this other stuff. So they're working from a big knowledge base, but they don't have the additional elements... That create the intelligence of like, okay, 1 plus 1 equals 2. But I have to have 3 plus 3 equals 6 because that makes water to put out the 2 that's on fire. And then I have the 2 and it's fine. So they'll go through, I know this is a really fucked up analogy, but bear with me. (coughs) They'll put that knowledge into practice without knowing the ramifications. And we will just spit out on them. And what Rudy is, con- what, um, not Rudy, what um, Pharma is constantly finding in this show is that these people are intelligent. They just don't have the smarts to back it up. They have a kind of intuition that says, I'm pretty sure this is what's going on here. I'm not, but I'm not sure how to rectify it. So based on what we've done in the past, this seems like it will do the best job. And that is really what the medical profession does. And one of the... And then the last thing I'll say, and then I'll wrap it up, but one of the things that's most frustrating about going to a doctor now versus going to the doctor when I was a kid is I went to some... I went to the best doctors in the world when I was a child. Like, best... Like, <laughs> my pediatrician was the person who figured out I had brain cancer. Like, she is... You can't go to her anymore. She is rightfully retired. Letty Gonzalez is with her family in the Philippines and she has earned every goddamn second of it. I hope she's a happy grandmother. She is like a... One in a million doctor. My other doctors are award-winning, maybe even for surgeries they've done on me, brain surgeons and neurosurgeons and care professionals and all up and down the line. So maybe I'm spoiled. And maybe I spent more time in a really high-end medical environment than... I Would have if I hadn't had that experience in life. But now, when you go to a doctor, there's very little examining going on, there's more asking what you feel, and then there's this here's medications, and then there's going back to tweaking medications. Now, with something like blood pressure, I get that, especially for me. I'm a weirdo. I've once again. I've got chemo, I've got a chemo body. That means who the fuck knows what it's doing. <laughs> it's all weird and it's all probably laced with uranium. It's fine, but the but I went in for like a stomach bug and it took them three tries. This was a couple of years ago, but still, come on. And the reason I like my doctor now is like she seems genuinely like. Oh, this might be this, but probably this. We should start with this and move to this and all this. She, she's like a real doctor. She's not a pencil pusher attached to a computer on wheels. And it's... That's what I think that Kanji was headed for. Whereas Pharma, where where now that he's Pharma... Is really headed for that, like he sits down with the patient. He's like, "Why did you get? Why did you faint? Why do you feel ill?" And he looks at and he asks some questions. the The best example of this, I think, in the show is actually the when they start when they encounter this woman who fancies a man she's in love with, and so she wears a lot of base whitening makeup, and Farmer kind of notices it, note notes it, on women elsewhere, and he's like, "Hey, Dad, why?" And he calls it Dad, Father. He's very particular, like called him Father, because that's kind of what he knows. Like he knows his Dad's name, but he's like, "No, his son would call him Father, so I call him Father." He's like, "Father, why do I see all the women in, in the in town wearing?" Like face whitening makeup, but I don't see mom wearing it. She seems like she'd want mother wearing it. She seems like she'd want to. And even her mother's like, Yeah, your dad won't let me wear that. He says it's gonna kill me five years earlier than it should that I should die. And so he looks into it. And he realizes, Oh fuck. My dad's right. He doesn't know why he's right, but he's right. And he's And a lot of what characters in this story are right about comes from just doing basic pattern recognition over time. Like, you find out that his father has done a lot of, like, long periods of pattern recognition that has made him knowledgeable enough to, like, have inklings into things that you only get once you see those patterns. And that's a real medical thing. So he eventually like... He to this girl like... This makeup does this because it has heavy metals in it. And those are seeping into your skin. And they're fucking up your blood. And then... But instead of like saying just don't use it ever. He takes the time to develop... Different makeup. And sell it. So... He is providing a better product at a cheaper price that keep people safer. And and in, in doing so, he's not saying, you fucking dumbasses, why are you wearing face whitening makeup? That's stupid. No wonder you're dying. And once again, there's a version of this show that does that, 900%. But this show... Has the wherewithal and the space, because of its subject matter, to just not be a dick to everybody. Um, and that's I, a thing I really appreciate. On that note, if you like this episode, new episodes come out every third day and every other Sunday, except you're getting two in a row because I missed one. Um. So... Definitely tell your friends about it. Definitely subscribe and whatever app you're using to listen to me right now. Um, you can drop us a follow at, on the Instagram page over at, at Lunchbox Radio underscore podcast um, to see all my like animation anigans and fun stuff that I post there. On that note, I've been Alex. This has been Lunchbox Radio. I will talk to you on Sunday.